Welcome to Triumphant Victorious Reminders with Teresa Ann, the show that brings you thoughtful perspective through the lens of Christ. Join us every Saturday morning at 1130 a.m. on The Bridge Austin Radio, broadcasting on both 1120 a.m. and 101 f.m. Whether you're on the go, hitting the gym, or simply relaxing with your favorite beverage, Triumphant Victorious Reminders will empower you to live in Christ and heavenly wit. Teresa Ann reminds us that true perspective isn't just about being positioned correctly. It's about being positioned in Christ, who is the ultimate perspective. So tune in and let your friends know to join us as we journey towards seeing mission fields in the midst of battlefields. This is Triumphant Victorious Reminders with Teresa Ann, and we're excited to have you with us. This is so awesome, you guys. Thank you so much for joining me today on Triumphant Victorious Reminders with Teresa Ann. On today's episode, we're going to be highlighting me, myself, and I. I promise you, I'm going somewhere with this. But first and foremost, let's just go to the Lord right now. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for every person under the sound of my voice. That, Lord, they would not hear me, but they would hear you. And anything that is not of you, Lord, would fall on deaf ears in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that I simply want to be a vessel of honor, set apart and useful for you, Lord, prepared for even this great work, Lord God. Thank you that you are above all in Jesus mighty name amen so me myself and i that seems to be the trinity of humanism think about this so but before i go any further i want to make sure we know that last week we talked about being as a child beholding god with awe and wonder and then the first week was about being still and knowing that God is God and when we know he's God we can't help but be still and when we go through life we learn in Christ we don't have to respond to the things that are in front of us but we get to respond to the father so that in that we can respond properly to the other things in life. Again, triumphant victory in Christ is where it's at. That's the position. That's the perspective. He is true perspective. But I want to first go to the title. It is funny, me, myself, and I, the Trinity of Humanism. But it's something that has infiltrated really the church. It's this gospel of self. It's all about self-help. Self-gain, self-worth, self-esteem, discover yourself. And it seems like whenever I have kind of fallen for that bait, oh my gosh, I get so like intoxicated by self that I'm more destructive than I was before that. And God knows what he's doing. When Jesus said to die to self, it was really a rescue plan. This rescue plan of dying to self, well, and here's why. Think about this. Every world religion knows how to die to self. They know how to do penance. They know how to whip themselves into shape. We all do. I mean, this is like the way the world does things. The more that you grind, the more that you're self-disciplined, then the greater you are. And that's boasting in and of ourselves. But here in Christ, Christ is inviting us 
to do something that our flesh does not want to do. But it's an invitation to live. Now, here's where, again, I'm going, I I feel like God's going to take us somewhere here. And I just have so much in my heart that I just want to get out. So first, let's just go here. Matthew 16, 24 through 26. This is in response. Jesus is now responding to what Peter has just said to Jesus when he said, Jesus, you're not going to have to die. Just know that you, I got your back and I'm paraphrasing. Okay. And Jesus looks through Peter. I can just see this happening. He doesn't look at him. He looks through him because he knows the influence behind his words are not Peter's words, but they are of Satan himself. And he says, I rebuke you, Satan, because the works that God has for me is greater than what is right now. Now, here's what we need to see now beyond that. Matthew 16, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any one of you wants to be my follower, you must die to self. You must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, watch this, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? So this is a plead that Jesus is having. Like, I know this doesn't, it seems backwards. But if you die to yourself and you take up your cross and you follow after me, something amazing is going to happen. You're not going to stay dead, but you're going to come alive in Christ. And remember what I said earlier, how the world religions know how to die to self, but not one of them come alive in Christ. And that's what I want to really get. And I know as you're listening to this, I believe that there's a stirring in your heart to really want to know what does it mean to die to self and come alive in Christ. I want that and I do too. And so I believe God is going to take us on a journey of seeing the difference between carnality and living by the Spirit, okay? So me, myself, and I does a few things. This is what it does. And and I'm going to say this. I liken it to that spirit of this age, which many would call narcissistic, narcissism. It's It can be used... It can be uh, used to the hilt, okay? And a lot of times when we see narcissistic traits, it's usually on a very high level. We see it in criminal stories. We see it on the news. We see it in toxic relationships. You'll even hear that word a lot, toxic. But here's where God has been really highlighting in my own heart narcissistic things that I've done that seem right. They seem good but they're so wrong. And what's interesting is my husband is a sales trainer and he says the worst thing you can ever do is put a new salesperson out on the floor and have them do it the wrong way and they get results 
And then all of a sudden, they think that their way is the right way. And God is trying to teach us how to unlearn (laughs) what we've learned in this life. Now, just hold on. Don't switch the channel, okay? Because we're going somewhere with this. We really are. But have you ever said these things? I'm going to let you know I have. Here's what the perspective of me, myself, and I says. What's in it for me? How do I get something out of this? Before I give, I'll get a return, right? Do they make me feel worthy? If they don't, just get them out of your life. I want someone to love me. I want someone to need me. I need someone. Why did they leave me out? I better do it because if I don't, then no one else will. I've done everything God told me to, and I still don't see any results. I This isn't working. Isn't it interesting how we thought that those quotes and those sayings were actually a good thing, but really it was to satisfy an insecurity or self, me, myself, and I, in the process when God is saying die, die to that. Die to that because love does something completely different. The love of God, I'm going to make it very clear, not just any love, but God's love. Let me show you what God's love does. And a lot of us know 1 Corinthians 13. And, you know, many times we hear this scripture played out in, you know, at weddings and marriages. But really, if you think about it, 1 Corinthians 13 is what will help us see who God is at every given moment. It's something to meditate on. And it says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my and give my body over to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. And if you take those words love and you replace it with the name of God, it says God is patient. God is kind. God does not envy. God does not boast. God is not proud. Now let's go to another level here. Jesus, who could have came down as God in deity, he came as a man. He came as a man so that we could follow after his ways as he was following his father. Remember what he said? He says, I only do as my father does. And so here we go. Let's go now to who do we follow? We're to follow Jesus, right? So Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Jesus does not envy. Jesus does not boast. And Jesus is not proud. Jesus does not dishonor others. Jesus is not self-seeking. He's not asking what's in it for me. He is not easily angered. And he keeps no records of wrongs. But here's what's really amazing about that. He doesn't even keep records of what he's done right for you and for me. He doesn't say to me, Teresa, see, I did this 10,000 times. I did all of these things and you are, you've been ungrateful. No, he literally is so patient and kind and says, now you're aware. 
You are aware, Teresa, of your selfish ways. Now, come to me. See, the awareness of his holiness causes us to see what is unholy. He doesn't even have to point out what's unholy, but when we start to see who he is, when we get to experience who he is, all of a sudden the me, myself, and I agenda is highlighted. And that's the moment where we can reflect on him and his goodness. See, if we just reflect on what we've done wrong, we will only go down this spiral of just self again. And it's now self-loathing. But with God, he's saying, I am showing you what's in you. Because what I want to place within you by my spirit is going to cause you to live by the spirit and no longer by the flesh. See, right now, Teresa, you're trying to do things out of your own willpower to be self-disciplined. And yes, if you do that, that's great, but it's not getting you any closer to me. It's actually leading you only further away. You're now getting to boast in your willpower. But when you finally find out that the only way you can do this is with me, the me, myself, and I, that trinity of humanism, it dies because you realize that the Holy Spirit of God who came to reveal the Son, who came to reveal the Father, is living vibrantly in you. To now no longer let the experiences of this life say it's that's who you are, but now allowing Christ, who is the finished work, have the last word over your life. Once we realize that any kind of self-revolving agendas, they fall under that controlling behavior, that controlling spirit. It's a way to control. It's a way not to get hurt. It's a way to temporarily satisfy a void that only God can fill. See, truly, we were made in the image of God's love. And so when we were made in the image of God's love, everything that's contradictory to love is not who we really are. But yet, we've allowed our, you know, our human uh, lineage to say, well, ah, that's why you do the things you do because of your grandpa, or that's why you do the things you do because of your mom. But have we ever allowed God to have the last word even over that lineage? See, I've been learning this in my own life because it's easy to kind of go back to your genealogy, your human genealogy, and find out all the things and the quirks like, oh my gosh, how crazy, DNA, it's so cool. But yet at the same time, there's also those those traits of sin that have come down, right? But Christ himself gets the last word on every single situation. Let me give you an example. So here, uh, Moses is about to free the Israelites from Pharaoh as their slaves for over 400 years. And do we know why God wanted Moses to get them out of the hands of Pharaoh and into the wilderness. See, I always thought it was because 
he wanted to take him to the promised land. But it says, I want to take them to the wilderness to worship me. See, the wilderness was never meant to be a place of loathing and complaining. It was meant to be a place where we find out who God really is, that he is the promised land, that wherever he is, that's where you want to be, that you don't want to go anywhere outside of his presence. Like Moses said, if you're not going with us, Lord, I don't want the promise. I would rather have your presence. See, that's living by the Spirit, where we can realize that in the wilderness is when we can find out a sight of God we never knew before. That is a triumphant, victorious reminder today in Christ Jesus that we can finally see from that place where where God has placed us with Christ in the heavenly realm that we can see with this heavenly wit to see mission fields in the midst of the battlefields. Let me give you another example of something in my own life where I had some narcissistic traits that I didn't even know were that. Here I was getting married to my husband, so excited for what he could do for me. (laughs) What can you do for me lately, Tim? It was not about saying, you know what? I want to be married to this man so I can give him the best life, that I can be a helper. See, my focus wasn't on the Lord, so it couldn't be on that. It was on me. And because it was on me, myself, and I, I was now looking at my husband to satisfy my emotional needs that he was not able to do, and nor was he meant to. See, all those insecurities in my marriage began to surface and I was blaming my husband for it. And I was saying, you don't fulfill my needs. You um, are not, you're not helping me with my love tank. Like, oh my gosh, I am not acts of service like you are. And you're vacuuming the house. I don't need you to vacuum the house. I feel like when you vacuum the house, you're telling me that I don't clean. Like, (laughs) what the heck? The guy couldn't win. And so here I was thinking that if he does all these things I need him to do, then I'll be happy. But that is feeding a monster because that monster will never be satisfied. That self-sabotaging spirit is all it is. It just sabotages you and it sabotages the relationships all around you. And that's what I began to learn. Did you know that I was like cheering for my husband, like going, go Tim, you're the best. But did you know it wasn't for him? It was for me. So I could say I cheered for my husband. That's messed up. Like poor guy, he couldn't win. No, wealthy guy, not poor guy. (laughs) I want to speak life over him. But seriously, like God had to, in his sovereignty and his love, open my eyes so I could truly see what I was doing, that I was operating out of that spirit of self, that self that was supposed to die so that it could be rescued to come alive in Christ, so that wherever I would go, that Christ was being seen in and through my life. And, you know, this just happened within the last few years, even up to 
the last couple of weeks. So as I bring this message to you, it's not about me saying this is what you need to hear, but this is what I want to share with you that God was saying, Teresa, I love you. And when I correct you, it's to set you free in who I am, not just to set me free, just to say I'm free. But to know that even freedom itself is the person and his name is Jesus. See, everything that God calls us to from reading scripture to going after him, to going after the kingdom of God, to seeking all his righteousness, to being a part of a life group, to being a part of church, to being whatever it is. He never will lead us outside of himself. He will say, yes, those life groups are good, but are they pointing you back to me? Those books that you've written, Teresa, they will not change anybody's lives, but you can point those people to the one who is me, who will change their lives. And so with that said today, I really want to encourage you to take notice of God and his rescue that says, come on, die to your selfish agendas, take up your cross and follow after me. Do it my way. It may look like that you are being obedient to almost insanity because you keep you just keep trusting me. Guess what? The world is going to call that insanity, even if you don't see results. But don't do it for other people. Do it with the Lord. He is going to show you. He's going to transform you into the likeness of Christ. Even while you're praying for others to change, God and his love is wanting to change you and I. He's wanting us to see those people that maybe rub us the wrong way. He wants to he wants us to see with his compassion. He wants us to see them with his love. He no longer wants to say us to he no longer wants us to say, "Well, you know what? How is that relationship going for you, Teresa? Are they really benefiting your life? Cuz if they're not, get rid of them." That's not God. And I'm not saying be a part of relationships that are so consuming that, you know, that maybe God's not calling you to. But however, keep in God's love to where now when you're even away from those people, you can still pray for them, not against them, but pray for them that not just praying that your life is made easier with them, but praying God Please, Lord, encounter their hearts, encounter their lives so they're no longer robbed of this life in you. So I just want to say thank you so much. Before I close this program today, thank you for joining me on today's triumphant, victorious reminders with Teresa Ann that we can go from me, myself, and I to knowing we can draw near by the Holy Spirit's power to know who Jesus is who reveals the Father. And with that said, before I again close out today, I want to highlight one of the books I've written, which is what this show is derived from. And it's titled Heavenly Wit, Seeing Mission Fields in the Midst of Battlefields, which you can also find on Amazon as well as my link tree, which can be found on my website, triumphantvictoriousreminders.com. And there's a tab on my website that will allow you to see all the books I've written. And of course, I would love for you to check them out. But above all else, I cannot help but highly recommend 
the greatest book, and that is the Word of God. If you don't have one, will you let me know? You can do so by going to Let's Talk TV 74 at gmail.com. Again, that's my email, Let's Talk TV 74 at gmail.com. And contact me also with questions, prayers that you may have, or if you want to share a testimony of your own and what God has done in your life. And to, and to find out more about Triumphant Victorious Reminders, again, go to triumphantvictoriousreminders.com. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Triumphant Victorious Reminders with Teresa Ann. We hope that you were empowered and encouraged by the insights and perspectives shared on this program. Remember, living in Christ transforms us into His likeness and enables us to live an abundant life with heavenly wit. With Teresa and we have learned to see mission fields in the midst of battlefields. Be sure to tune in next Saturday morning at 1130 for another edition of Triumphant Victorious Reminders with Teresa Ann. Until then, keep seeking Christ, who is the true perspective, and may his blessings be upon you always.